Welcome to the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Behind Enemy Lines, from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 through 9. As children we sang, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never shoot for the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Then we'd shout, Yes, sir. You are indeed a soldier in the Lord's army, and we go to battle every day. Sadly, the front lines are in every direction, but gladly, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Here's Pastor Tim. Number three, Satan wants to disable you, to disable you, to render you useless. How does how does he do that? How can, how can Satan take a person who is a believer? Remember, but Peter is writing this to Christians. He's telling us, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He is on the prowl for us. How can he do that? I think he uses two ways primarily. One is the loss of your testimony. The loss of your testimony. You'll spend a lifetime building your testimony. And in one act, one word, one reaction, you can ruin that testimony. It doesn't take much. It just takes the right person, or maybe I should say the wrong person, hearing you, seeing you. Suddenly they know. One night, Dina and I were out at a local restaurant here. A restaurant that serves alcohol, and you can't hardly go to any restaurant that doesn't serve alcohol anymore. One of our church members saw me in the restaurant, came over and spoke, and said, make sure before y'all leave, come by the table. Okay, you know what we found when we got to the table, right? You say, TM, you, should, you need to stop harping on that. Okay, well then let me ask you this. Let's say the roles were reversed. That Dina and I were already in the restaurant and the church member comes by and says, hey, come, let me come to your table. What if they saw the same thing? Would you think differently? You better. And I know that you would. Why should I think any differently about a church member than a member would think about their pastor? In just a moment, the testimony can be gone. Your testimony is like your reputation. It's not your reputation, but it's like it. It's akin to it. In the business world and in the world at large, your testimony, I mean your reputation is what precedes you. Your reputation is what gives you credibility. Your reputation is what people see when they look at you. Testimony for a believer is really on the opposite end of that. They're not supposed to see you, they're supposed to see Jesus. They're not supposed to get an idea necessarily of what your character is like so much as they are to get an idea of what Jesus' character is like. I'm to represent Him 
in my life and with my testimony. Satan would have you not to do that. I think that's one, one way that he does it, that he tries to disable us. It's through the loss of our testimony. Second is through temptation. Temptation. Everybody's got it. Some are more susceptible to some kinds of temptations than others are. I mean, there, there are things in life that do not tempt me whatsoever. But let somebody cut me off in traffic. Then you get to see what Tim's really like. There's a temptation that takes place. And he dangles it out there like a carrot in front of you. What the mule never discovers is that they can't catch the carrot. You think that you can give in to temptation and what Moses referred to as the passing pleasures of sin and think that you're going to get the carrot. You're never getting the carrot. The temptation is always going to be there that you would do something against the Lord. It leads me to this last one, number four. We're talking about knowing your opponent. Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. Make no bones about it. Get it down clear. Get it down as, as definitively as you can. Satan is not your friend. He is not offering you something. He is never, ever looking for a win-win solution with you. He is never going to offer you something that is for your good. Why? Because He wants to destroy you. What does our Bible say here? He is seeking whom He may devour. To devour means to swallow down. Satan's not looking to chew you up and spit you out. He's looking to chew you up and guzzle you down into his dark belly. And that's all that he wants to do. You know what's interesting, most interesting to me about this particular passage? He says your adversary the devil walks about, okay I get that, and especially when I tied in with the last part, that he is seeking whom he may devour. So I, I see him as my real enemy, waiting in ambush for me. Right? He's waiting in ambush for you. I can see that. He is walking around. He is finding that perfect place, that, that chink in the armor, that weak link that you have, and ready to pounce. Right? I get that. Here's the part that makes that difficult. He walks about like a roaring lion. When does the lion roar? The lion roars when he is won. When he's defeated his prey. To, to communicate to every other thing in the jungle that he is the king. That he has beaten you. That he has devoured you. Now he's ready to roar in victory. Why in the world 
would Satan walk about in ambush and roar? I'll tell you what I think. I think it's because he knows he's already got you beat. He looks at you and looks at your weaknesses and looks at your past and says, oh, I got this one. Even before I pounce, I'm going to roar so they know that I got them. You don't have to be weak. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The strength to say no to temptation is in the Lord. It's not in me. It's not in you. So know your opponent that you may know how to respond to him. Secondly, you need to know your orders. Know your orders. Know what you have been commanded And you've got a whole host of them in these two verses. Commands, imperatives, things that I don't don't have to ask God, is this really how you want me to respond? This is exactly how God wants you to respond. He doesn't want you to argue the merits of His case. He simply wants you to obey. So know what your orders are. Here they are. Number one, you are a sentinel. You are a sentinel. Standing guard, standing at your post. And doing what? Be sober. Your word for sober means that you are uh, aware, that you you have an awareness that is biblical, that is, that is right, one that is based in righteousness. Be sober. He says to be vigilant. Vigilance means to be watchful, to be on the lookout, to be alert. To be alert to what? To be alert to dangers. In this case, to be alert to the enemy. If you're behind enemy lines, you're not at the battlefront anymore. You're way ahead of that. There's a story that came out of the Vietnam War of a soldier who had really gone through a horrendous time. And so his sergeant said, give me your weapon And make your way to the back. I want you to get away from the front for a while. And the story is is that the soldier left. He gave his weapon away and he left. He went all the way straight back. And what he found behind him was the enemy. And so then he decided, well, I can't go back. I'll go left. And he found the enemy. So then he decided he would go back like to the right. He'd turn around and go back again that opposite direction. And guess what he found? He found the enemy. So what he went and found was his sergeant and said, Give me the weapon. Everywhere is the front. That's where you are. 
in this life and in this world, you are on the front lines every single day. I remember, I remember Bob Stone telling me that, that there were times when, when they would be marching through that jungle and they would get into a firefight. And there were certain ones that were on the front line that would be allowed in that next surge to go stand in the back of the group. Bob said, everybody wants to be in the back of the group. You know, nobody wants to be out front. There's no back of the group. There's never a back of the group. There's only a battle. There's only an enemy. And it's always right in front of you. So be sober. Be right-minded. Be vigilant. Be watchful. You are a sentinel standing guard at a post. And then number two, you are a soldier. You are a soldier. In times of national calamity like immediately following September the 11th, everybody wants to be a soldier and go to combat until they become a soldier and go to combat. Every every man wants to get into a foxhole with a brother until they have to get into a foxhole with a brother. Everybody wants to stay awake through the night until they can't sleep even when they're at home. Being a soldier is a difficult job. But it's one that has to be done. The same way that be sober and be vigilant are commands, they're imperatives. Verse number 9 begins the same way. Here's you another imperative, another command. Resist Him. Resist Him. It's not to go toe-to-toe. It's not to do hand-to-hand combat with Him. It's simply to resist Him. When you understand that you're not alone in this battle, that the Lord fights these battles for us, I'm able simply to resist and let him do my fighting for me. He says, resist him. He says, be steadfast in the faith. Be steadfast in your faith. You know, those Roman soldiers, Peter would have been very familiar with them. Those soldiers, when they went to battle, would change shoes. Just like an athlete changes shoes based on the terrain that they're going to be playing on. Are they playing on turf? Are they playing on grass? Is the grass uh, dry and hard? Is the grass muddy and wet and slick? If If it's wet and slick and muddy, they put on their long spikes. Those Roman soldiers put on their long spikes. Literal spikes that were in their boots so that they could stand their ground And stand against the enemy no matter what comes. It's amazing to me at the end of Ephesians chapter 6. How many times Paul says to them, you need to be steadfast. 
Be steadfast in your faith. Be steady in your faith. Use those boots that God has given to you. Resist Him. Be steadfast in your faith, even when others around you don't believe the way that you believe. And then there's one more. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. You're not alone in this. Everybody thinks that they go to battle all by themselves. Everybody thinks that that nobody else has sickness. Nobody else has death. Nobody else has firings. Nobody else has wayward children. Nobody else has the financial problems that we have. (laughs) Everybody has those problems. Everybody lives in the world. It rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. So be a soldier. Resist the devil. Be steadfast in your faith. And know that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Which reminds me of this. When you are a sentinel and you're standing at post, or whether you're the soldier who's out fighting in the battle, you're not fighting those things simply for yourself. You're fighting for others. You're fighting for the Lord. You're fighting for your church family. You're fighting for your family. You're fighting for your children. And you're fighting for your grandchildren. I would ask like David asked as he approached the giant, is there not a cause? Because this is a good one. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me. It may be that you feel like you are under attack at this very moment. Resist Him. Be steadfast in your faith. Don't let your circumstances dictate what you believe. Speak what you believe over those circumstances. Then remember, you've got a whole brotherhood and a whole sisterhood that's right here. Let somebody join you in your battle. Ask the Lord for help. Ask Him to defeat an enemy that's stronger than you, that seems like He's more effective than you. And ask God for direction. Father, we lift up ourselves. We lift up our friends and our family members and ask that you would strengthen them with a might that comes from the Almighty. That you would give us a steadfastness of our faith that not only will not be moved, but that cannot be moved. Father, establish us in yourself, and in your spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you need to come to the altar, I encourage you to do so. If I can pray with you, I will. You ready? Let's stand together. Sean? Pastor Tim thanks you for joining us here today, and he would like to invite you to check out other episodes here on Britt David Podcast. He would also like to connect with you and share with you 
about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BrittDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.